our lads and Open your mind, son, or someone may open it for you. Exterminate! Computer, status report. Don't blink. Don't even blink. Blink and you're dead. No! And it's number 69. Welcome to the Michael Baird Dies on the Last Episode of Fringe. It's the January 29th, 2011 edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Deep in Area 51, snorting chimp DNA just to see what the hell's going on. I am the Dome. Joining the talk cast tonight from the Austin Brighton Hellmouth playing our techno wizard Astrid tonight, it's Kriana. Sex party? <laughs> okay. Joining us from the Four Color Vault of Comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, it's the Walter Nate of Comic Art Illustrator X. Going through the motions. And the full Livia of our fantasies and nightmares, the sweetheart of typo negative, the dead redhead. No, 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 no. The she dead redhead will not she will not rise this evening. We're going to miss the dead redhead. Illustrator X will rise, but not the dead redhead. Hey, careful, careful. We don't want to hear about that. And Holy from Outpost Gallifrey, Gallifrey in Indiana, our Midwest Crop Circle investigator and formal head of Global Dynamics, it's Awake by Java. Have I been here before? It does sound vaguely familiar, doesn't it? The reason it sounds vaguely familiar is due to technical difficulties beyond our control. The live show that we did, oh, about an hour and a half ago, never actually made it onto tape. Therefore, we're doing it again. So for all of you who didn't hear us live, you're now going to hear us on Memorex. Our guest tonight is the producer, director, and head of multiple organisms for Brown Coats Redemption, Mike Doherty. Mike, glad to have you with us. Glad to be here, sir. <laughs> yeah, well, we've done this once before, so let's not pretend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, I'm really just a fat man waiting for a pizza from Papa John's. So aren't we all? Aren't we all in the grand scheme of things? <laughs> Most of our uh, so in uh, in uh, interesting comic book news this week, the Human Torch died. Oh no! I thought you said interesting news. Okay, I like Oh, God, okay, yes. The major event was a non-event, and if you turned on Yahoo News on Wednesday morning like so many people did, you got the big spoiler. Marvel kills off the Human Torch, and all the fanboys cried. It wasn't really that much of a spoiler, because you kind of knew it was coming anyway. It, it had been, you know, and, pushed and, for a while. If you read the issue, it, it's like, no, he's not. <laughs> and it's, oh, yeah. I'm so sick of, you know, oh, my God, the death of Superman, really? He looks fine to me. No, no, we've killed Captain America. He's back, and there's a movie coming out. <laughs> or is he? <laughs> okay, I am channeling my psychic powers. I predict the Human Torch will live again. I know, I know. You're going out on a limb by saying that, but then again, uh, get the, the skeptics on. Get the skeptics on. Scooter, get in here and uh, let us know. Here. 
Do you want me to get Scooter? No. No, that's okay. <laughs> I know. Eddie Gibson are having a really good fight on the movie right now, so. <laughs> so, in other comic book news this week, uh, well, comic book slash movie slash news slash non-event, uh, Captain America, <laughs> the, the first Avenger will only be titled The First Avenger in Russia. What? Uh, I think that title should go to John Steed myself, but, you know. I was hoping for Ron Jeremy, but that's a whole other story. Snapplefish. You don't think Ron Jeremy would have been the first Avenger? Give me a break. Um, He's the first something. Mostly you. There you go. He might be a good comic book villain, the first penetrator, but not the first Avenger. (laughs) first penetrator. Holy hedgehogs, Batman. Captain Gonorrhea. <laughs> oh my. my sidekick, penicillin. <laughs> no, I'll take a side order of that. Thank you very much. So, I mean, the bottom the bottom line is that you know, uh, I don't really understand why they're doing it. Captain America is known as Captain America everywhere. Why wouldn't that work? Because, well, no, I mean, Hollywood has a history of renaming stuff when they sell it to foreign markets. Um, I, I swear to God, um, when they sent Boogie Nights around to the international market in the oh, Philippines, Lord. in the Philippines, it was called His Genitals Give Him His Vast Power. <laughs> and, and I swear, I read that. And it's like In France, the speed... The movie Speed should have been called Vitesse, which I think there is you a, go. But instead, it was called Speed. 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 Sounded like a rotten potato more than anything else. Oh, Lord. Yes. So, I mean, you know, we're, we're at the point now where uh, Captain America is about to come out. And while the closet? Well, poss- oh. possibly. <laughs> which, which explains why Bucky died. But that's a whole other story. Uh, No, no. He's alive. He's alive. Are you kidding? He's dead. No, he's alive. No, he's dead. No, no deaths are permanent in the world of comics. That's actually not true. I'll just go dig up my backyard. I mean, never mind. (laughs) Seriously, there have been deaths that have stood and not you know, gone through the, oh, that was an alternate universe, or, oh, we're, we're pulling that yeah. in from another alternate Whoa, universe. Oh, that was a dream. Retcon. Very, very rare. Usually you'll see that in independent comics, but not in Marvel or DC. Marvel or DC have a vested interest in their properties. They're going to keep them alive. They'll do whatever it takes. Doesn't that, like, bring to mind this, like, geriatric Superman in a nursing home on an IV and a ventilator and with a walker? Well, they've had imaginary stories like that. Can you imagine, like, imagine the bitter old Superman that's sitting there on a park bench, like, making crass comments to old ladies? (laughs) And when when they say something he doesn't like, he just, like, blasts him in the ass with heat vision. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, Cal, Kal-El, it's time to take your medicine. (laughs) I don't want to take it. Cal, Cal. Damn kids, get off my lawn. (laughs) Those are squirrels, and you've incinerated them all. 
along with the Boy Scouts. <laughs> All no, right. he'd like he'd like they'd uh, bounce a basketball into into his yard and he'd pop it with his heat vision. Uh, Mr. Kent, the nurses have requested you no longer use your X-ray vision. <laughs> They're complaining that the lead's a bit heavy to wear. <laughs> I request you kiss my ass. Don't you know I was on Smallville for ten seasons. <laughs> oh crap! Yeah, well. Talking about Smallville, up his meds. Oh, Lord. <laughs> That's more like Mr. Welling. You did have a career once, but then you did Smallville. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, you're you're talking to the wrong guy there because if there's anybody who worships at the altar of Smallville. It's Illustrator X. Okay, here's the thing. If they could just cut out like half of the season or all where it, of it. Where it turned into One Tree Hill and really start getting into the end where they got like the Justice League. Like I used to I've got the first four seasons of Smallville up there and I'm probably gonna put the last two up there. But the stuff in between I'm not so much of a fan. Cause it's just why do we need sensitive Clark? You don't. You don't no, ever no. need sensitive Clark. No. And meanwhile, while we're talking about, you know, Superman and Batman and, and all the rest of these superheroes, uh, last week we talked about Wonder Woman being passed by every network. And uh, NBC... Well, last week we talked about her getting picked up, I thought. No, last week it was passed by every single network. And this and week... week. Uh, Netweek and this week, which is not last week, but this week... Uh, the vessel in the pastel. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> NBC uh, had a change of heart and actually a change of ownership at the same time. Um, yeah, and well, did pick it up. Uh, Comcast was approved by the FCC, and so uh, we we saw NBC picking up all these shows that were just lying by the wayside, you know, waiting to be picked up, and they had their thumb out, and NBC drove by on its way to Comcast, and it was like, oh, I can give you a ride for a little bit. <laughs> you know, I, like, you they also, they're picking up a star-spangled hooker there. <laughs> well, yeah, because they also yeah. picked up uh, pilots for something called 17th Precinct, a supernatural police drama, uh, which is being run by uh, showrunner Ron Moore from Battlestar Galactica. Ooh. And... Uh, the Chelsea Handler comedy, Are You There, Vodka? It's Me, Chelsea. <laughs> wow. <laughs> of, vodka. of all the shows that really need to get made. The Chelsea Handler comedy hour. Yeah, I know. I know. It's what I'm thinking. Uh, totally what I'm thinking. And I don't know why. <laughs> I don't care about the new shows. As long as they keep Fringe on and Friday Night doesn't kill it, I'm happy. You know, it's, it's funny because uh, the Friday Night Kevorkian time slot, uh, they've done actually very well in it. Uh, although the, the straight viewership is kind of leveled off when you factor in the DVR uh, time-shifting viewership, it actually jumps by almost 45%. Oh, yeah. No one ever factors that in. Actually, they're starting to. And Fox is starting to use it as a marketing tool. And if Fox starts to use it, the other three networks will as well. Yeah, Tiva. Yeah, Tiva. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, what else we got going on? Yeah, nothing. Oh, Let's talk about Brown Coat's Redemption. But, we wait a minute, wait a minute. We can't do that before spinning the wheel. But we already spun the wheel. It's meaningless, except for Emily one. But, well, we already spun the wheel. But, we, we spun the wheel spin, live. If you spin the wheel and nobody hears it, did it happen? That's right. How about I just play the winner noise? All right. Go ahead. Our winner tonight, Nobila Parsupials, is Emily. Congratulations for making this comment. The kind of bank Dome would want to hang Nicole's artwork in isn't so much the kind you make withdrawals from, but rather the kind that only accepts deposits. Hi, I just got it again. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of amazing, come to think of it. So you are, in fact, the winner, Emily. You'll be getting a uh, an email from me eventually saying, hey. Stalkery. Yes, well, it's the dome. What did you expect? <laughs> Actually, the comment was about Nicole Hanchi's artwork, uh, which if you didn't get a chance to look at it, you should really check it out. The link is on last week's podcast, and uh, it's really, 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 really cool. She's going to be joining us at Boston Comic Con, and hopefully also joining us at Granicon as well. As is our next guest, the inimitable Mike Doherty. Michael, how are you, buddy? Uh, wide awake. Well, that's kind of different from an hour and a half ago now. <laughs> <laughs> Very much ago. Not so much in a panic state, not so much kind of, you know, trying to figure out how to make the computer work and find my glasses at the same time. But I'm, I'm excellent. Good. Michael is the producer, director, and uh, all all around major domo of Brown Coats Redemption, which, if you're unaware of it, get the hell out from under that rock. Click on the link on our website and pick up a copy of Brown Coats Redemption, the one of the finest fan films ever made. Yeah, the finest fan film. And one of the only approved fan films in the Whedonverse. Blessed by the man. Himself. So now available on high definition. Blue. I think Joss needs a nickname, don't you? The Weedinator. Good enough. Like, like yeah. Jayweed. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Jayweed. I don't Jay think weed? so. No. You know how I Jennifer think Jay is Jay Love. I, I, I'm. I'm. Sure I think Jayweed is something I smoked in high school. <laughs> I think it's something we all smoked in high school. I'm sure there's a producer on Death Row Records who would be like, yo, man, you'd produce Firefly? Yeah. <laughs> What's up with that? <laughs> I got you a full CD deal there, J-Weed. <laughs> Good news, everyone. <laughs> so, Mike, what's going on in the world of Brown Cuts Redemption right now, aside from the planning for Brand Coach Redemption 2 Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> and our parts in it, which will be? Um, Dome as the inevitable bartender. And we will find appropriate roles there. I, you know, I see Kriana possibly as the uh, matriarch of a brothel. The hooker with a heart of gold? Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Or like the hooker with the shotgun of gold. Yes. <laughs> so. You better believe it. By, by the way, Mike, Drew wanted me to say that she's looking forward to taking another picture in your arms at Granite State Comic Con. Aww. Aww. 
Well, I'm I'm looking to hear all about how um, everything will go. I completely lost my train of thought right there because I saw the Papa John's mark. Why don't you talk a little? Bit so um, it's okay. You're wide awake. So, <laughs> so yeah, back, getting back on track. Uh, we we just launched today the uh, pre-sales or pre-order sales for uh, Brown Coats Redemption Remastered, which includes the uh, remastered audio. We we recognized that when we put it out, we made a promise to put it out on time. So when we when it went out, it didn't go out as, as clean of a child that it could have, so we're going to correct that right now. Um, that also comes with the complete score on a separate disc by Carl Hayes and Greg Edmondson, including some tracks by Marion Call and uh, the Bedlam Bards. It's going to have the main character cast auditions, which is you guys get to see when they ca- when each character came or person came in to take on a role, they did their traditional actor monologue. And then, you know, big old cocky had written an individual character monologue for perspective of the universe uh, up until the time of the story. So they each took five minutes, walked away, and came back. So you're going to get to see them in the character for the first time. Um, all the fun Brown Coach Redemption stuff that was on the original CD, plus a few added bonuses. In addition to that, we're doing a Blu-ray version, because that's been highly requested, and people have been holding off making their donations until that came in. So both of those just launched today. And if you're extra shiny and extra special, you can combine them for a 20% discount of your donation and get both editions at one time. Very cool. And for those of you who are unaware of what Browncoats Redemption is, we're going to have links to browncoatsmovie.com and their their own internal little store at Browncoats. And uh, it's one of those rare things in which uh, the worlds came together at just the right time for everything and everybody gave their permission and sets came together and places to shoot came together and actors came together to work for a charity. Just so film could pontificate on it. Hell yeah! <laughs> no, so I could look at it and write what I think is one of the best damn reviews you ever got. Uh, you know what? I have to agree. Because I really <laughs> like the damn thing. You know, it, it's funny because it doesn't seem that long ago that we were sitting here in my living room with uh, Andrew, the uh, editor, watching uh, a, a rough cut of the first 10 minutes and just kind of going, holy shit. Some of us went, <laughs> uh, I kind of recall that, yeah. Now, you know what we have to do this year? What's that? We'll have to sit down in Dome's living room with the entire cast of Sci-Fi to Saturday Night and Skype Java in and... We're going to lampoon the film while we watch it and record it. And we will make that as a free download on our website. Oh, good Lord. Right. (laughs) And you know what? I'll make you an even better deal. If you can do it and do it before March 1st, we'll make that an Easter egg feature on the website. (laughs) Oh, my God. Easter egg feature on the uh, uh, remastered edition. I think we could make that happen, don't you guys? Um, I'm thinking, yeah. Make it so. <laughs> Who talks like that? Sorry. I don't know. So say we all. <laughs> Seriously? Get off my bridge. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike, it's uh, convention time. So where are you going to be and what are you going to be doing uh, to uh, help promote Brown Coats Redemption for the next couple of months? 
Uh, we've got five amazing conventions on the radar right now. We've got a couple that we're still working out the details on, but starting out with Farpoint February 18th through the 20th, that's kind of our home convention here in Baltimore. Uh, and they're rolling out the red carpet for us and making us a nice marquee event. Uh, Emerald City Comic Con, March 4th through 6th. We're guests of Seattle Browncoats and PDX Browncoats. We're doing a panel and a showing of the film out there, as well as you could still you know, pre-order your copy of the Blu-ray and remastered at each of those. Um, um, amazing, like the stars aligned again, and, and we're going to be at South by Southwest Interactive on uh, March 12th, talking about the social media and the crowdsourcing aspect of this, which is amazing to me that we got fucking invited. Um, and then Granite State Comic Con, May 15th, we're going to be up there with you guys. Hopefully, I get to sit at the table again with you and, and share some Absolutely. space. Absolutely, that was, that was share awesome. Some saliva. I'm what? <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, I we, we, we do have some interesting pictures of you guys under the Ghostbusters uh, car. <laughs> That's the best that makeout so, spot. It was. Me and Andrew. Like, I mean, um, and, and then the and last then we watched we, The Notebook. <laughs> <laughs> if you are a Sci-Fi Saturday Night listener and you happen to be at Granite State Comic Con and our editor is there, I would kindly appreciate it if you could stop by your local Target or Walmart, pick up a four ninety nine copy of The Notebook, and give it to Andrew at the convention. Oh my god, please do it. <laughs> we will all love you. Either that or a box of Puffs Plus with lotion. And, and if you do both, I will give you a special prize. So you have to bring the, the four ninety nine copy of the notebook plus 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 with lotion and you will get a special Brown Coats Redemption prize. Extra bonus if you bring a pint of Ben and Jerry's at his time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm booking the plane tickets at <laughs> Um, and then, last but not least, we have Phoenix Comic Con, May 26th through 29th, where a special guest of Kids Need to Read and the Arizona Browncoats. Not only will we be doing a show, uh, showing, we'll be doing a panel, we'll be sitting at the Kids Need to Read booth uh, promoting Kids Need to Read and Browncoats Redemption, along with PJ Harisma, who will be promoting his book, The Softwire Series. And yours truly will be DJing the three hour long Geek Prom. So, be prepared to hear a lot of MC Chris, a lot of MC Frontalot, a lot of Weird Al, a lot of the most, you know, they might be giants. If it's geeky and has a dance beat, it's going to get played. Um, we'll be announcing, you know, the geek king and queen of the prom of 2011. The inaugural geek king and queen were Will Wheaton and Felicia Day, who were on hand this year. We're looking, I think, for some other celebrities. I'm not really, I'm just DJing, so that's fun. And Um, and last I just got the email in that we are confirmed to be a part of the Can't Stop the Serenity for 2011 which means uh, if you are going to your local Can't Stop the Serenity event, Browncoats Redemption will be available to be screened provided they have the ability to play DVDs so that's pretty awesome that um, that means for the second time in a row Browncoats Redemption will be on a screen worldwide and I'm happy about that you should be. That, that's amazing. That is amazing. How close are you to your goal right now? Uh, for which? Uh, for the overall goal? The overall uh, we have, in 2010, we raised a total of $20,000. Unbelievable. Uh, thank you. That puts us um, really at about like 2% of our goal. Um, 
which is good. I mean, we've done an amazing thing, which is, you know, a feature-length fan film, which is raised over $20,000, is nothing to shake a stick at. But when you have the lofty goal of doing 32,000 units, which is a half a million dollars worth of money to directly to charities in the course of one year, um, it's a good start. And we're looking for some help to get the rest of it out of the way. What can our listeners do to help you out? <laughs> so formal, Bill. Thank you. Uh, well, I'm drunk already. I mean, normally, this is not when I'm just starting to get drunk, but I'm really drunk right now. So Sweet. Um, so what they could do is uh, listen to your podcast, go to your, your website, get the information to come to visit us. They could use the code uh, SF. Uh, what is the code? SFSN2010 right now. It's going to be 2011 after this podcast. Um, and they can get a discount on the original release. And come April, when we release the Blu-ray and the remastered, you'll get a discount on those as well. Um, and take credit there. You can follow us on Twitter at BrownCoatsMovie, on Facebook at Facebook at BrownCoatsMove, um, forward slash BrownCoatsMove, because some jackass got BrownCoatsMovie right away. Uh, <laughs> just... <laughs> It's the the Facebook URL wars were amazing. It was like twenty four hours of just oh my god, can I get it? Um, but really, just if there's a podcast or uh, an, a blog or a newspaper that you think would be the great avenue to talk about Brown Coats Redemption, talk about Brown Coats Redemption. Um, we're only alive because of the people that have supported us and the, and the awesome people like you guys that have, have backed us since day one. And we're only going to survive till two thousand and eleven because of you. So anything you could do is greatly appreciated. Alrighty. And that was the long way of saying whatever the hell you can. Divine <laughs> intervention is unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. So people. Cha. Well. It's, it's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting uh, con season for you guys. Because uh, what, needs, what needs to happen is that people need to finally understand, you know, uh, it's like I, I've lent out my copy to about four or five different people, but the, the caveat has been you're allowed to watch it once. It's kind of like, you know, I'm the drug dealer at this point. The first taste <laughs> is free. But you need to support the, what it is that's happening here, the reason, the, the social aspect of why this is being done. In order to do that, you need to mouse click on that and buy it. And actually, four of the five people, as far as I know at this point, have. So if everybody who's out has bought a copy of it, shows it to some friends and says, you need to get in on this, you need to start doing this, you need to become a part of the movement, you can't Stop what's happening here. Can't stop be the signal. Because I need to be in Brown Coats 2 Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> yeah, me too. Just you wanna say see Kriana as the hooker with the heart of gold and shotgun or sexy brothel madam person. Whichever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I want well, a man with like black lace on the top. Can I get one of those? Done. Nice. <laughs> See how easy as it is to be in like one of my movies. You're like, I have an idea. I'm like, I think it's brilliant. We're going to do it. <laughs> uh, 
Wow. So the what what most people uh, may not know is come September one two thousand eleven the project that is Broncos Redemption, unless we do the amazing and impossible, which we've done before, so it's not unlikely, uh, which is reach our goal or come pretty damn close. There will be no Broncos Redemption two, but after September first two thousand eleven, there will be no more Broncos Redemption. You'll only be able to see it at conventions or CSTS events. You can't get the DVD anymore. So this is really why we need your support. I mean, this is kind of um, done exactly the same way a major motion picture studio would do. Is is the sequel is only going to go if the initial one does well, and the initial one's only going to stay on the market while it's doing really well. And um, this is the opportunity for whether you want to show uh, Fox and Universal that. We browncoats are willing to spend money on something new in the verse, and we'll take the money to do a good cause and keep it away from them. Or if you just want to go the Kevin Smith red state route and just say screw the system, we really like this brand new model of charity, you know, directing film. Uh, or if you just want a shiny new fan made coaster for your beer, uh, all the money goes to charity. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. you're guaranteed. You're guaranteed a minimum of fifteen dollars from each DVD is going to charity, and uh, over the period of time, that number is only going to increase per DVD as as we get more and more out. That's so cool. It's That's absolutely cool. You guys rock. I, oh, I still you. think the natural progression then would be Dollhouse 2, Doll Harder, and I'd be more than happy to play the guy who takes Eliza Dushku home for the night. Um, I think we could all support you in that role. <laughs> all except for the There we go. Head. That's a whole other story. <laughs> I, I think she might have something to say about that. I'll be honest. But hey, a lot of the dollhouse universe that I have yet to see that I would love to see after the turn. Oh, what's that? The the whole after the uh, the infestation thing. I think that would be a, a really interesting thing to explore. I definitely think that could make its own show. Like you know. Go to another channel that would want to support Whedon and want to support Dollhouse. And no, you probably can't use Elijah Dushku, but what you can do is you have this whole other world that's completely open and created. I think that was brilliant what they did. It was it was an interesting way. You know, it was one of the things where when uh, a friend of mine bought the DVD set and said, okay, I'm going to watch them. And I said, do yourself a favor take the end of season one, the lost episode, and don't watch it till the very end of season two before the real ending. And he went, okay, it doesn't make any sense, but I'll try it. And he did it that way and he went, holy crap, makes much more sense when you do it that way. Oh, yeah. But, uh, no, that would be fun to watch. Definitely would. Definitely would. And and I mean, you know, well, I mean, you got the chance to go out and see that set before they tore it down, didn't you? Yeah, I did. It was a uh, complete. The whole thing about this project is serendipity. Um, being in the right place at the right time. We did an interview with Sean Terpsek. Uh She talked to Steve, who was one of our producers at the time, and said, "Do you like guys like to visit the dollhouse set?" And Steve had to bail out because he had work. And then I said, um, come hell, high water, losing my job or divorce, I'm going. And we did. <laughs> and that I dropped an extra... true now, didn't it? 
It did. That was a, that was an hour long phone conversation that I probably will have several times this year in different forms. But the, for having that conversation for the first time was really uncomfortable. Um, that's when you just set your man card on the night stand and look at it and go, how hard do I really want to pick this up right now? Um, and the answer was, yeah, I really, really hard. do. <laughs> <laughs> so we went and visited the set and we got there and we got to tour um, the, the big area where they're walking around where Topher's office is and the chair and everybody got to do the fun sit in the chair and walk behind the set and see Topher's like creepy looking bedroom that's really just a back closet area um, and check out the, the shower room and check out all the little areas. Uh, and the, the coolest part was just being there and looking on the other side of the set of how they constructed it, know that we did as closely as we possibly could without realizing it, built the set the same way they built a professional TV show set, which is really a credit to the people that were working on it. And we got to see Elijah Dushkinu run to her makeup trailer. So <laughs> that was fun. Hey, anytime you get to see Elijah Dushku for any reason is always a good day. What can I tell you? Oh, yeah. Mike, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. I can't wait to see you at Granite Con. I hope that we can see it at Boston Comic Con as well. And uh, if that's the case, we'll be checking in with you uh, before then and see if we can get a video together for you for an Easter egg for your website. That, 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 that. awesome. Hey, eggs. Hey, hey. Guess what time it is? Oh, it sounds like coming up calendar time. Next week, is it live or is it the hyper-realistic artwork of Boston Comic-Con artist Jason Casey? Then on February 12th, Christian Rubiano waxes wittily on the winsome web comics of Inkbot.net. <laughs> February... <laughs> you like that, huh? I February do, 19th, <laughs> StoryForge's Steve Letheri gives us the scoop on all the new shows at SciFinal.com. On March 5th, Boston Comic-Con artist and king of the sketch cards, Tyler James... And on March 12th, the title says it all. Nick authored Nick Redfern on his book, The NASA Conspiracies, The Truth Behind the Moon Landings, Censored Photos, and The Face on Mars. Scooter, I swear to God, we'll give you equal time on this one. Go for it. I dedicate that episode to you, Scooter. There we go, man. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Boston Comic-Con coming up on April 30th. One of the official podcasts of the Granite Comic-Con a few weeks after that, and of Comic Art House, your one and only source for original comic artwork. Visit Bob and Kim at ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Sci-Fi Saturday Night crew get their comics at Double Midnight Comics and Collectibles in Manchester, New Hampshire. Check out AnotherHeaven.com for the best selection of Asian and cult cinema DVDs, and visit AdamsMedia.com, the first name in non-fiction publishing. Tonight's outro music provided by Zanoise. Pick up their CD, The Benevolent Beast, on iTunes. Dome? Our guest tonight has been producer, director, and head of multiple organisms, whatever that means, for Brown Coats Redemption, Mike Doherty. Mike, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you. From the Alston Brighton Hellmouth outside of Boston, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana, thank you for all that you do. Good news, everyone. That was From good news, everyone. Uh, yeah, from the Four Color Vault of Comics. Thank you, Illustrator X, and we miss you, Dead Redhead. Oh, organisms. From Outpost Gallifrey, our gaming editor, great thanks to Awake by Java. And this is the Dome saying, Genie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. 
Thus do we all refute entropy. 